Magic moment as Poole go back top, while Newcastle pay the penalty as Milo does it again. Arsenal are forced to swallow a jagged little pill, and Eden has us mesmerised in his likely FPL swan song. Hi everyone, we are the Renegades. You're listening to episode 18 of the FPL Renegades podcast. We're recording on Monday the 8th of April. My name is Drew, and as always, I'm joined by Willie. How are you getting on, Willie? I'm great, Drew. Happy to be here. Good stuff. Now, we're recording this a day early because you've big plans tomorrow. You've been married a long time and you're going out to celebrate. Too long, yeah. I'm married uh, nine nine years tomorrow. Uh, that's it's hard to believe. Like, can remember it like it was yesterday. You can remember the stag or the wedding? Both. Well, <laughs> bit, bits and pieces of both, not all of them. <laughs> But, yeah. uh, Jesus, you were only a young buck, so you were, weren't you? You were eager. I was only a spring chicken, Drew. Yeah, what, 24, 25? 25, Drew, yeah. And she's put up with you for nine years. Fair play. Congratulations, anyway. I don't oh, really cheers, care. <laughs> but we're recording on Monday now, which is the point. So we haven't seen all of this week's action. We don't know how Chelsea and West Ham is going to go and lots of people have a lot invested in that because I think Hazard was the most popular captain a lot of people have Chelsea defenders quite a few probably have Fabianski so a yeah lot yeah I think um I looked at the ownership uh, Hazard's ownership was 136 percent to be doing the top 10k so that's just mental and uh, I think most people have uh Fabianski as their goalkeeper as well it's very high isn't it for uh the game's biggest troll, as people call him. You know, <laughs> yeah. they've uh, they've put their faith in them in their droves. So anyway, before we get stuck into all the FPL related stuff, I just have to call you out on something. What's that, Drew? Um, on Saturday evening slash night, two thirds of the Renegades were out celebrating Kirk's birthday, his high FPL rank, and you didn't show up, so you didn't. No. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a bit devastated about it. In fairness, you went to watch Race 93, my favourite thing in the world. You went to Tani to have the freshwater crab and the avocado spider rolls, my second favourite thing in the world. And then you went out for a few pints of Guinness afterwards, my third favourite thing in the world. So <laughs> I was so devastated. But in fairness, I work in the betting industry and the Grand National is just fucking mental. I had to deal with all these people that were out since two o'clock drinking and watching racing and having the best fun in the world. And I was just, I was a broken man come half nine, quarter ten when I got home. Yeah, it just, you said it yourself, you'd missed the, your two favourite bits of the day, so you just didn't bother to come out for the third bit. You'd missed the sushi, you'd missed the, it's probably the most famous race in the world, is it? I think it is the most famous race in the world, yes. It was, it was unbelievable this year with, with the little tiger winning as well. Yeah, it was crazy, so it was. Anyway, I just thought I, I had to do Kirk's justice. No wonder he doesn't come on this podcast. Like, you never come out for his birthday. No, I think I've missed the last 10 now. And I'm saying he, he's the godfather to my daughter, so, like, I do love the guy, but, like, he, he makes the effort for me, but I don't seem to make the effort for him. I know. Ah, fuck him anyway. He hasn't come on one episode yet. Yeah, fuck him. Right, so, look... I was saying to you before we came on air, we've, we've probably missed another couple of weeks. We uh, took another few weeks off podding and Twitter and don't worry, you didn't miss much. I logged back into Twitter and it's the usual uh, 
you know, it's just flooded with bad beats, tales of woe, hard luck stories. Just people. A bunch of, a bunch of pricks feeling sorry for themselves. Say <laughs> it <laughs> like that. It's like people expect to get a hundred points every week, and if they don't, they just don't enjoy the game, and they let you know. They let you know that they're not enjoying it. I don't know, like lads, just be pissed off for five minutes, then just fucking deal with it. Like it's not real life, lads. No, it's a it's a hobby. Like it's meant to, uh, you know, I use it as a stress reliever, like just to get away from real life. And like it's meant to enhance life, not make it worse. Like, yeah, like it's a pretty high variance game, as long as yeah. you're making, I don't know, solid decisions that you can back up, and you're happy, you're happy with your decisions when you make them. All you can do is laugh when it doesn't go to plan. I think. Yeah, you you need to just make your own decision, lads, because I see all these boys um following Jay or following all these guys with their Slack channels and then they're like giving them abuse when they like, or Matt Jones or whatever, they're giving her abuse where like when, when things don't go right. I was like, make your own fucking decisions, guys. Just live with it. It's a lot yeah. easier. Or listening to other people's content or, you know, if you want to join a Slack channel or if you want to pay someone for advice, that's fine. Like, but it ultimately comes down to you making the decision. You can't go nuts when uh, the advice yeah. is not good plan. Like you have to make the final call. Anyway, in the midst of all that moaning and crying and hard luck stories, we were having a bit of a laugh and kind of joking about two of our biggest hard luck stories. So yeah. I asked you to go away and have a think of like, what's the most unlucky you've been, whether it be an FPL or like something football related or betting. I don't mean real life because, you know, we don't want to hear about no. like your family Seriously. dying. Yeah. Right. No, just something a bit more trivial. Yeah, right. Well, as I said, uh, Mine is pretty bad, Drew, but uh, so I'll let you go first. I'll go first because I don't think anything can trump yours. Um, and mine will seem small fry if I go after you. So <laughs> mine is an FPL story. Um, basically, last year you got me to enter a competition. It's a, a Champions League of FPL. So it was just 64 teams are entered. It's a round robin competition. So groups of four, everyone played off head to head twice and the top two went to into the knockout stages. Yeah. So you're doing quite well to get out of your group because, you know, stuff has to go well and a bad week can just screw your whole campaign. So I managed to get out of the groups into the last 32, into the last 16, into the quarters, into the semis and like somehow scrape my way to the final. And as you know, yeah. it a lot of luck to do that. Um, probably even more skill, but I do admit there's an element of luck. <laughs> an element, but, true. Yeah, we got to the final anyway, and me and you were going 50-50 on all the winnings. So we were in it together, so we were. And, uh, yeah, I love Pondos. Yeah, it was 20 euro in, and the winner got a grand, like a K. A full K. A full K, and the loser got nothing. So it was pretty much all or nothing. And the way it fell, it, it was game week 37 last season. So it was a double game week. Myself and this random guy that I was playing, I didn't know him from Adam, so I couldn't ring him up or you know, make a deal to split the money. It was literally, you were going to win a grand or you were going to get nothing. nothing yeah. And uh, after all of the games, like all of the teams had played two matches, it came down to the last game, which was Man U and West Ham. And we, we were actually on level points and we had one player each from the game. So yeah, it was a bit over two legs, wasn't it true? Yeah. So like you could have, if you're writing a movie script, you couldn't have made it any more dramatic or like it couldn't have went any more down to the wire. Um, he had Arnautovic for West Ham, was playing up front, looking dangerous. I was really worried. I had Pogba. 
you know yourself, you never know what Pogba is going to turn up. So, uh, I made him, yeah, I made him a slight favourite. But going into the match, nothing really happened. It was a boring match. Um, neither player did anything until the 88th minute when Pogba decided to make his umpteenth foul and finally ah. get a yellow card. And Drink. I lost it by that minus one. So if you're going to, I wouldn't have minded if Arnautovic came out and scored a couple of goals or, do you know. Just, and it was petulance as well, wasn't it? Complete pet. It was like he knew about this competition and was trying to do me. <laughs> yeah. Like we'd all went out to your house. Even Kirks came out. The, yeah. The there. We had a takeaway. We made a big event out of it. And nice evening, yeah. Like we were a bit miserable for five minutes. It was like 500 euro each down the, yeah. the sink. That's funny. And we were laughing about it by the end. Yeah, that's it. That's what you got to do, though, Drew, isn't it? Yeah, like, I didn't lose a grand. I lost 20 euros, you know. You can't really think, like, oh, I lost a grand. Yeah. I didn't. No. I lost, you know. But, uh, that's what you always tell me. You lost 20 euros. You didn't lose a K. Exactly. Now, tell our viewers about the time you lost a million euros. Right. I, I don't think I lost a million euros, in fairness, but we'll, we'll go through it anyway. But this is uh, totally away from FPL, so... There was um, Victor Sander, betting company, were doing the, the million pound goal. So about they started about two weeks before Euro 2016. And every time you had a bet on Euro 2016, you got a free pre-prediction. You had to have a bet of five euro or more and you got a free prediction to predict who would score the goal in the Euro 2016 final and in what minute it would be. Seems pretty simple. Yeah. Well, not simple, but like kind of, it's just something you do and you never think about it again. Like you would never think that you even have a chance of winning. No. Well, right. So I did my few anti-post bets. I always do a few uh, who I think will win the competition and who I think will be top goal scorer. Anyway, so I did my usual few bets. I did my usual few goal scores. And then I got my, my um, I think it was an, an email or whatever. You have your free five euro bet. Click into it. Who do you think will score in the, in the final? Who, what minute do you think they'll score? Now, I'm obsessed with Sky Sports News and I was watching Sky Sports News and they were like, England are the best team in the world. They're guaranteed to win the Euros. And I was like, <laughs> would they just fuck off? They do this every year. And then they started playing this uh, song. They did this new version of Football's Coming Home. It's like, football coming home, it's coming. Football coming home. And I was like, party tricks that. But after about two weeks, it was on so much that I was like, Jay Zingdon are going to win the Gora Cup. I love this song. I was like, just going around doing a few jobs in the garden outside. And I was like, football coming home, it's coming. Football coming home. So anyway, so I said, the winning goal is going to be in the 66th minute because 1966 is the last time these pricks won the World Cup. So, and then I was like, I'd put on my few bets and I hadn't backed the favourite for the goal scorer. And the favourite to be top goal scorer was Antonio Griezmann. So I went, Griezmann, 66 minutes, didn't think about it again. Fired it in there. That was my, my prediction. So. And can I just take it up there now? Uh, <laughs> I didn't realise that's why you picked the 66 minute. And, yeah, uh, because I'm like, I was actually ended up being the biggest English, English fan at, like in the whole Euros, I think, by the end of the competition. Like I was like, I was like, I actually ended up really getting into the whole the whole thing and the whole media push. Like, but I was like, I really, really wanted England to win. Okay, but who was playing in the final? Was it France and it was France Portugal? and 
Portugal. They actually backed Portugal. At, they were 25 to 1, I think. They bet they beat Estonia 6 0 or 8 0 in a pre season friendly and had a couple of bongos on them. Okay, and just this bet in question, it was the final, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the the first goal score and the fi- and the minute that they would score in the in the Europe in the champ in the Euro two thousand sixteen final. Bet Victor million pound giveaway was what it was called. So it was, was nothing to do with England other than you got all caught up in the English sixty six. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, England got knocked out. Where did they get? I don't even know when they got knocked out. Uh, we, we don't. don't care. We don't care anyway. Yeah, so it was the final and we were in, I have it written down here, I think it was the 65th minute and the 16th second, so into the 66th, into the 66th minute. Kingsley Coleman, who was one of the young stars of the World Cup, crossed the ball in and Griezmann got his head to it. It looked for all the world like it was going in. He bet the keeper and it just went over the bar and Willie lost a few quid. It was an absolute sitter. Like, uh, it was I a sitter. For, oh, for a world-class player like Griezmann. I think you might have scored that. Now, every few months, I do go onto YouTube and watch that again because like, we have a WhatsApp group and all the lads were talking about the match and you you had posted, lads, I've, I've picked this for the million-dollar bet and we were all laughing going, oh, yeah, sure, you've, what are the chances of winning that? Like, You're not going to win. And yeah. uh, someone had piped up and said, Willie, if you do win, how much will you give us all? And like, you were like, oh. I'll give you a K each. You, you might all thought that I'd get a million, but like I'm into my statistics and my probability and I would feel that like there's like millions and millions of entries. I think a lot of people might pick the top goal score, the favourite for top goal score, Griezmann. And because a lot of people in, on Victor Chandler on the website will be English, they might pick the 66 minute because it's pretty iconic with, uh, with English football. So I think it was to win probably 100k. No, I think you're overplaying that. You were nearly guaranteed a million and then you said you were going to like share the million with your closest friends. There's only seven or eight of us and you said you'd give us a grand and keep, what's that, like 992 grand for yourself. I, I said, I thought, I, thought I'd win, I thought I'd win 100k. I was like, oh, I'll give the lads a K each and bring them on a 10k holiday to Vegas. I thought that was pretty sound. I'd probably only have like 50% of my investment left over at the end of time. But do you know, before, before I said any of this, one of my friends, he's probably like one of my best friends in the whole world, he was like, delighted for you, couldn't happen to a nicer guy as soon as Griezmann missed that chance. That's the kind of friends I have. <laughs> now, we'll, we'll move on from this quickly, but uh, I have to put that link up on our Twitter page because, like, Coleman whipped in a perfect ball between the centre-halves. Griezmann, like, it was, it was an absolute sitter. Like, I, I think... I don't know what the XG was. We didn't have XG back then, did we? we no, it still would have been about 0.3 XG, I say, no one the XG is. But can I just say one thing? The guy that won, had uh, he had Eder for Portugal in the 84 minute. I think was he on loan at Swansea, but he didn't know he'd won for like two weeks because the goal was scored in extra time in the 190 minute. But he was from Birmingham and he was a Villa fan, so like you got to take it on the chin and fair play. Yeah, so anyway, that's... Uh... That's real bad luck, lads. Willie was a few inches away from winning a million because uh, Antoine Griezmann decided he, he couldn't head the ball that day. Now, we've been going on about this a long time. We better get uh, stuck into some FPL stuff because I think that's what, I'd say maybe 25% of our listeners 
come on here for everyone else just wants to listen to us talk and shite and turn it off when we start talking about FPL but we most, of our friends, the, most of the people that we know it is the first 10 minutes and the last 5 minutes and they're like they don't give a shit about the FPL stuff so yeah right so when we come back we will talk about how we're getting on for game week 33 So our game week 33s are nearly over. We just have the match tonight, Chelsea against West Ham, to wrap up before we see how we've officially done. So as usual, tell me how many points have you got so far? What is your current rank? Who did you captain? Who did you bring in? What went well? What didn't go well? All that jazz. Um, Right. I can't even... I actually made no transfers, so I did. But uh, anyway, I had my game week 33. It was in decent order so uh, I'm doing okay I actually have a 130k game rank at the moment with my captain still to come so I'm doing okay after my shit show in my um, double game week I think I'm currently where I've been all season just inside the top 50k so let's go through my team Allison with his two points not great Alexander Arnold had the assist but he got called off after 58 minutes and he came Milner came on for him so I'd be a little bit worried about that going forward Tompkins had his clean sheet but he also had a perfectly good goal disallowed fucking James McCarter was offside and I ended up he only got his clean of six and now it looks like he could have a serious injury so that's not good Pereira had six which could have been so much better mm-hmm. only Harry Maguire misses had a uh, complications during her pregnancy so uh, your man that Turkish dude what was his name See on show or whatever he's called <laughs> had a bit of a fucking brain fart during the game and cost me my clean sheet Salah with an absolute whirly for six I've hazard captain still to come Madison had seven but if you watch the game or you look at underlying statistics he was absolutely quality he should have had 16 points he was probably there he was probably Leicester's best player Richarlison I only had three but again he missed an absolute sitter from in front of the goal after a rebound. My man, Ashley Barnes, had a, a great own goal. But yeah, he got his goal, so he still made me positive for three. Wilson missed two big chances for two. Jamie Vardy was the player of the game week with a two goals and an assist for 16. But I'm sick I didn't captain him. So overall, I think I'm going to be all right. I'll be, hopefully I'll be still, I don't know, maybe 42, 43k, I'm hoping, by the end of the game week. Okay, and your total score so far? 55 points through. That's a good week so far. And uh, just you've, you've mentioned a few incidents from the matches, but I'm not going to talk about them now because we're going to go through the games in more detail after. Yeah, we most definitely are. Cool. So my game week is a little bit worse than yours, but I made two transfers. I took a minus four and it yeah. actually worked out. So for once, taking a hit has worked out this season for me. I brought... Madison and Vardy in for Felipe Anderson and Aguero. And what did that get me? 23 points. So net 19. That so good move. it was well worth it. And to be honest, I just did it. I think it was, it was a Thursday night. I was just a little bit on tilt because it just hasn't been going too well for me. And I didn't really think it through. I thought Leicester playing Huddersfield. Huddersfield are shit. Let's bring in more Leicester people. And it worked out. Sometimes the simple things work out the best. I'm going to be like who are who are Huddersfield and Fulham playing Holland well you're going to be playing uh, EFL 
Premier Fantasy Premier League next season if you're going to be using that tactic? Are you going to use it till the end of the season? Just to the end of the season and then um, we'll see what happens. Fair enough. So I won't go through my team in too much detail, but uh, Dina got me eight points. That was a nice bonus. I had played him ahead of Juan Basaka, so yeah. I was I was a little bit worried coming into that, but it worked out okay. Uh, Trent got me the four points like yourself. Salah got me six. Madison got me seven. Vardy, 16. Um, like you, I was so close to Captain and Vardy and just that little bit of fear factor stopped me and I went with Hazard. Yeah, we need to get more bottled, don't we? It was, I don't know, I think it could have been the obvious choice when you look at underlying statistics and the opponents, but sometimes you just like look at the value and you look at how many people have captain and have captain Hazard and you just... I don't know. Yeah, I kind of got caught up in that whole narrative of uh, Vardy only does well against the bigger teams who kind of attack and there's space in behind. But just recently, he seems to be, you know, a bit of a fox in the box as well. He's kind of popping up and a few mm. nice finishes. So, yeah, I got it wrong anyway. Yeah, but at least we had him. We're better than a lot of people didn't ha- even have him, so we can't complain too much. And Hazard could get easy get uh, uh, Like, he gets a goal tonight and he's on maximum bonus and he's only... Six five six points behind. So let's not uh, get too stressed out over the whole matter. Not at all. Like, and I, at the minute, I'm on for my my first green arrow in a while. I'm I think I'm up to about twenty four k from twenty nine k. And like you said, I have my captain still to play. So I'll take that in what on paper was going to be a shitty week. Like it is a blank game week. You have to remember. Yeah. So your fifty five is is probably very high. I'd say. Yeah. No. I'm. Uh, I'm. I've made up all my uh, points I've lost during my uh, my free hit week, so I can't complain too much. I think my uh, my fifty k, but not much better than that, is uh, is well within reach. Very good. Now that's both of our teams, but we'll we'll fly through the matches. There weren't as many matches as usual, so it shouldn't take too long. And we'll just talk about the main incidents and how the players did from a more uh, balanced point of view. Yep, so happy to go through the games. The first game was, sure, we'll start with the Friday night game. Southampton won, pool three, and they pulled it out of the bag again. Damn right they did. And Jesus, Liverpool weren't too great in the first half, were they, Drew? Not really. And even spells of the second half, I thought Southampton looked really comfortable, really hungry. They were putting Poole under pressure. Um, and like in a lot of the matches before where Poole have scored late, you could kind of see them just going through the gears and getting up there and putting on serious amount of pressure. But after 60, 70 minutes, I just couldn't see where the winner was going to come from. No, and even on, on Sky Sports, when I was watching the game, they were like, Liverpool always looked like they were going to score. Just, I don't know, lads. I think you were terrible lucky. In the first half, the first goal, the ball in from Bar- Bertrand, knocked on by Heiberg, and Long had all this time in the world to finish that little touch, and he was never going to miss. one <laughs> <laughs> How long, Shane Long? I don't know. I think I might even score that one, in fairness. Yeah, I think Shane Long is afraid of that much time and space. It's like one of his biggest fears. Yeah, I don't know. But then, like, even even after that, like, did you see uh, the ball came across? It was another Bertrand cross, and uh, Long did a, a total willy on it. Like, he, how did he not make contact with that? Should have been still like there. he was afraid of it. Yeah. And uh, hasn't Hootl even kind of pinpointed it in the... Interviews after, like he said, if that had went in 2 0, could have been a completely different story. Yeah, I don't know, but sure, Danny Ings is back in the next game, so Kirks will be delighted. I think 
Does the man have him in his wild card? He does, yeah. He's in his wild card <laughs> team. Of course he is. He brought him straight back in. And it was that man when it mattered, uh, came good. Salah with a lovely goal. Salah, Chase, that was unbelievable. So it was. I was like, I was like, and I was like, oh, how did Henderson get the assist? But looking on the replay, I was like, it was such a, it wasn't just a fancy assist. It was an actually great, powerful, intended, intended ball to Salah. And he just ran from the, from the Southampton corner, went through everyone. I probably thought he probably should have played it through to Firmino, but he went himself. And it was such a controlled finish into the corner, wasn't it? Real top quality. Yeah, we haven't seen him do that in many a week. Uh, no. It was a bit of a surprise. Last season, we wouldn't have raised an eyebrow, but this season, yeah. I just didn't expect him to score. And like you said, great work off the ball from Firmino. He kind of dragged the defence one way and kind of yeah. made them think. Like they couldn't commit and yeah. go on to Salah because he could have just rolled it into Firmino. So it was a nice work there. And Can we just go back to uh, an absolutely the actual the first goal, which was like a really, really quality ball by TAA, Alexander-Arnold, what we're like, we're just used to seeing that now. And it was a quality header by Kea. And even the wonders of Anders going, he, he couldn't uh, get to the, the ball and the ball went into the net. He tried his best to save it, but... Yeah, he got good power on it and he headed it down yeah. into the ground. It's hard to hard to save those. And I was watching the match and I was actually slagging the Liverpool fans in our WhatsApp group when I seen the two boys warming up at the sideline. And I was like, it's a sorry state of affairs when you're bringing on Milner and Henderson when you're chasing the goal. And I'm sure Henderson got his assist and then he popped up with the, the goal that sealed it. They completely changed the game, so they did. Like I was like, I, I was like, Henderson got the goal. It was a real like running, and Top was talking about him playing a bit more further forward. He was just like sprinting to the box. It was Frank Lampard esque, but like, I think the one man we have to mention in this game. I, I don't know what you think. I thought Roberto Firmino was was absolutely world class in the second half. Yeah, he did all the work for that third goal. Um, good running in behind. He kind of. Nice and composed and cut back and played a nice ball across the box to Henderson. And like, I'm not a Chelsea fan, but that's blasphemy comparing him to, to Lampard. Might yeah. have to edit that out. Or else <laughs> might look like... like. Yeah, I know. It seems a bit exaggerated, all right? But I just want to say, for those making their, their wild card, Firmino, 9.3 million. Not many are going to have him in his teams. In this game, 1.2 XGI. Five attempts, three in the box. Three chances created, one big chances, but... Jay-Z, look, he just looks so good on the eye to me. Fair enough. Um, and it's it's one of those where it shows you the dangers of statistics because when I was reading the statistics after this match, it kind of did look like Liverpool won comfortably, but I thought it was a hard work for them. Like they, they had 67.5% possession. They had more chances, but just I thought Southampton were slightly unlucky. They probably didn't deserve to win. Yeah, but like, when you look at the XG, 2XG to, to Liverpool and 0.97, you're like, I was comfortable enough. 17 shots to 11, you're like, fair enough. But there was two big chances apiece. And as I said, the, the two Southampton big chances came before the Liverpool ones. Could have been a very different game. Exactly. And we'll move on to the next game, which was Bournemouth 1, Burnley 3. A vital three points for Burnley after what was a terrible start to the game for them. Yeah, it was, I don't know. It was like, it was... My man, Ashley Barnes, with the own goal. But, like, the ball in from the corner, a good header from Lerma, and what a finish into the corner. Pretty was at the wrong end. Quality finish, though, wasn't it? Tom Heaton, no. It was, yeah. <laughs> nice and controlled header. Yeah. But, like, after that, it was, like, the Asmar Begovic clown show, was it? 
he was terrible and like I haven't seen him in a while. I know Boric sure, took that yeah. place and like I've never really rated him, but geez, he's a level above uh, Begovic on that form. He was terrible. Yeah. I was so bad and it's so harsh because Begovic seems like such a nice guy. He loves FPL, but I don't know. He's not going to be playing in the Premier League this season. It, it'd be hard to like pick him again. Like it was, yeah. he was at fault for nearly all of the goals. Yeah, the first goal, the ball, like after the first Burnley goal, the ball in from Ashley Westwood from the corner. Like, he just totally missed the flight of the ball and Wood will never score an easier goal. Yeah, and uh, the three boys who scored for Burnley, Wood, Westwood and Barnes, like, it sounds like a big yeah. group of carpenters or something. I kind of just seen them all yeah. written down. They're all like, you know. Yeah, the second goal, Ashley Westwood after his assist, the ball came in, a bit of ping ball. Meppen made a serious mistake, just didn't clear it, put right to Westwood. And former Villa man, just fucking great control, placed it into the bottom corner. It was a, it was a lovely finish, wasn't it? You're breaking my heart with all this Villa nonsense, but That's sure. the first time I've mentioned them tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was a nice finish. And I was surprised, did they say it was only a second ever goal for Burnley? I know he's more yeah. of a creator, but... Yeah, no, he doesn't get too much no, I, I can't believe he scored. That was the second goal, to be honest. <laughs> you know more than me. And then uh, that man popped up with the third goal to see. Hi, man. Yeah, but like Charlie Taylor running down the ring, doing what Charlie Taylor does. And then the Bournemouth, two of the Bournemouth players, Charlie Danz and someone else just stopped playing because the ball looked like it was out of play, which it wasn't. The ball came across. Begovic did a, a willy on it and let the ball through his legs. <laughs> Chris Wood got to it, rolled it up to Ashley Barnes, and there was only going to be one thing happening then, wasn't there? In the back of the net. Nice finish. Yeah, slammed it yeah. home. And Burnley must be safe or close to safe now. Like, that was a big three yeah. points away from They could be under holiday soon. But you know what, Eddie Howe, like, they're always going to give it a... They're going to be great at home, and they're going to be terrible away. So I still wouldn't be ruling them out in the home games. I just want to mention one thing. A lot of people are getting rid of... Callum Wilson, I think the Bournemouth away next, which mightn't be a great fixture, but in the double game week, they have uh, Fulham at home and it could be a good differential. And even there in that game, Wilson, 0.85 XGI, 11 penalty area touches, two big chances and um, bar for a great save. He really, how he wasn't on the score sheet, I don't know. Only for Tom Heaton, he would have got a goal. So just don't don't give up on him just yet. I'm the complete opposite. Uh, I activated my wildcard and I kept him in just because I thought... Like you said, the the next fixture was quite nice. Um, who are they playing? They're playing Brighton and they're playing Fulham. And then they're oh, playing Southampton, actually. Like, they have a yeah. few nice fixtures. But just, I've lost all confidence in Wilson. Just that game, he missed a couple of sitters. The one in the game before where uh, Fraser rolled it across the box and... Missed it. Yeah. He missed this. Like his finishing just seems totally off. He, he won't stop on the line, which was one in a million as well, though. Drew, in fairness, in the in the last game, not in this game. Yeah, he's just not looking clinical, though. Do you know those shots? If they're either side of where he's hitting them, they're a goal. But he's just not hitting them right, or he just doesn't look as composed or clinical as he was earlier yeah. in the season. And look, I know he's just back from injury, but nah, he's gone for me. No, the header, fair enough. But the second one, I thought was it was a worth a save. Like it was, it was. I thought it was it was a good effort by Wilson. He was a bit unlucky, but sure, we'll agree to disagree, as they say. Yeah, he's gone. He's out of my team, never to return. <laughs> right on to the next one, true. Joke shop. Uh, yeah, this is where I made all my points, and I think a lot of people were in the same boat. So Huddersfield won, 
Leicester four and Huddersfield are just dreadful, aren't they? Uh, they're just they're just dreadful. It was actually a great game. One point six four xG to Huddersfield, three point two two xG to Leicester. I think it was uh, was eighteen attempts to ten, but Leicester had five big chances in the game. Huddersfield actually had two, but one of them we'll talk about later was like a bit of a joke shop. But anyway, yeah, yeah, it was a good, exciting game as a lot of the Leicester games seem to be recently since uh, Brenny took over. Yeah, good old book. Uh, people were. <laughs> Um, debating and wondering which Leicester people to bring in and a lot of people were on Telemans people are like no Madison's worth the extra few quid and most people well a lot of people had Vardy and like all of them were in and amongst the points this week they're all quality the first goal it was obviously was a corner from Madison I'm sure there was a bit of pinball in there again Paul came out Telemans the outside the box what a quality finish this lad's a, he's a baller he looks good, and we, we have been talking about him saying he looks like a really good, cultured footballer, but we weren't yeah. sure about him from an from FPL, FPL point. But since then, he's just been racking up points every week. Yeah, mostly assists, but like he's, I don't know, he's a quality player, and like if they can keep hold of him, like Leicester will be pushing for top six next season, like with Tielemans, Madison, Vardy. They just, I don't know, they're, they're a great team to watch, aren't they? Yeah, they've a load of good, kind of exciting young players, and I think... The last I seen Monaco are doing dreadful in a League One or League One, whatever you want to call it. So they're really getting relegated. And like, did they give um, Henri twenty five million to become their manager? What was the story with that? I don't know. It makes no sense. Just one of those foolish decisions. But I can imagine Leicester's looking like a much uh, brighter destination for him than uh, staying in. <laughs> Even though, when it comes to Location Monaco is where you want to be, but I'd say Tielemans yeah. would be on the plane to Leicester in a heartbeat. Yeah, and and as as good as Tielemans, I don't know what you thought. Like there was two players on this pitch that were just different quality. I was like James Madison number one and Jamie Vardy number two. Like I don't know. Like Madison's one of the best young players in the Premier League now, isn't he? He's just absolute quality. Uh, they were very very impressive, and his underlying stats. You read them out every week. They've always been like up there for like yeah. chance creation and even like taking shots and stuff. Is there anyone yeah. better from a, a dead ball situation than Madison at the moment? Maybe Ward Prowse is up there, but there's not many better yeah. than him. Yeah, them. Yeah, like even in this game, uh, 1.05 XGI, three chances created, four attempts, two in the box, one goal. And the goal he scored was probably his lowest XGI chance of the game, but that's the way he rolls. He just loves curling it into the top corner from just outside the box. Like he's just different gravy at that. Yeah, it was a lovely, uh, lovely free kick. And just thinking there to myself, uh, Book is probably going to tell Tielemans to calm down a bit, maybe throw in a, a shocker of a performance because he's yeah. doing that price tag no good for them. Like the, no. the better he performs. Uh, he's deadly. He's nice. He looks like a sound guy as well. He's nice smile. He seems very happy. So he does. I like him. But uh, as well as that, yeah, Madison missed it. Like, Madison just had more points, shouldn't he? That, like, uh, what was the story with Congolo? He went through Vardy after a great ball by Madison and Vardy oh, yeah. was going to tap it in. I was like, I was sick with that one. But um, just just one more thing on Vardy. I, like, he's just mental in this game. Two goals, one assist, 1.48 XGI, 10 penalty area touches, five attempts, four in the box, two big chances, three chances created, one big chance. He's captain material next week, I think. Who are they playing? They're playing Newcastle at home. Rafa and his bus. But still. Okay. Fair enough. Um, 
Yeah, and like like I said, it was a razor thin decision not to captain him this week. Mightn't make the same mistake next week, but to be honest, I haven't really put a great deal of thought into it. Um, your man, uh, it's probably too little, too late now though. But your man, Carlin Grant, was in the yeah. amongst the points again, gotten an assist. Um, he's been he there on a bright spark since he came in, hasn't he? He's got two goals, two assists, but too little, too late. Came in from Charlton, yeah. But I just want to say, not from FPL perspective, but like he's going to be. If you want to have a bet, you could do a lot worse than have a bet now on Karen Grant to be top goal scorer in the championship next season because he's he's quality. If you look at people like um, Dwight Gale and different people with Shane Long would have dropped down, like he's going to be right up there next season in championship, banging them in. I think you could do a lot worse than uh, whatever he is, circa sixteen to one or whatever he is for top goal scorer. I think it's a solid bet. Fair enough. Right, we'll move on to the next game, I suppose, and. This is a mad one. Newcastle nil, Palace won. And we do say it a lot. Palace just the ultimate counter-attacking smash and grab team. Yeah, and we keep watching it. And like they'll keep saying on Match the Day or on all the things we're watching that Crystal Palace are absolutely dominating these games. But but they're not. I was like, I've never seen this for 0.92 XG each. Is that what you have? Yeah. Yeah, 1-0. Newcastle, 18 attempts. Palace, 3 attempts. But when you look at the big chances... One big chance, Palace, and zero to Newcastle. Just the penalty, really, is the difference in both the match and those stats. And they just keep churning out the penalties. They're, it's some uh, duo, aren't they? Zaha and Milojovic. Zaha yeah, will, will fall down and Milo will put away the penalty. And when I say foul down, fall down, he's being fouled. Like, I'm not. The, the Anders Yedlin just went, went through him. <laughs> like, but, but when this uh, thing comes in next season with the with the video footage, the, like Mihavich, it must be like if he's anywhere near the price he is this season, he's going to be a great option, isn't he? He's going to go up a good bit, I'd say. Like he went up a lot this season, but he's after yeah, scoring a rake of goals and he, he might have an assist or two. Like I'd say he'll, could he go seven and a half-ish or is that too much? Yeah, that seems a bit too much, but you just don't know. But like, I just want to say one quick mention for my man Solomon Rondon again. Six million, four chances created, five attempted assists, three in the box. Like, he's just five attempts on goal and another three in the box. Like, he's just, he just scored a goal that was offside early. Like, his, his underlying statistics are just, they just keep on being unbelievable, don't they? He just causes carnage, doesn't he? He's just like a yeah. Venezuelan wrecking ball. Yeah, he's a tough fucker as well. Like, and I don't know, he, he should have had a goal, but. One other thing I wanted to mention, my man James Tompkins, have I said this already? He scored an absolutely cracking goal, but James McCarter was like offside from the corner. Like, what are you at, man? Yeah, but it, it was the right decision. So It was the right decision, but Tompkins did nothing wrong. And on to the next and the final game of the week, which was Everton 1, Arsenal 0. And it was a real dominant, comfortable win for Everton. It was. It was a shocker. 2.45 XG to... 0.38 XG. When have we seen 0.38 XG for Arsenal? It's usually like saved for the likes of Huddersfield and Cardiff. And yeah. It's they were just really blunt in this game, weren't they? Just lacking. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It's like, because like, usually uh, whoever's playing Lacazette or Aubameyang, even if they're not converting it into FPL points, their underlying statistics are usually very, very impressive. But like, 23 attempts. Big chances, Everton. Zero big chances, Arsenal. Like, Arsenal zero big chances. We just don't see that, do we, Drew? Not at all. And like we've been hearing about Arsenal's poor away form, but this just completely compounded that, and it was just so unexpected. Like I just didn't expect them to be 
this bad. And, and, and you know, Everton a few weeks ago, like we were laughing and joking about ah, what were they doing? Like spending all that money getting Silva in and he's in trouble, but he's really turned it around the last few weeks. Yeah, why didn't we just keep Dina, keep Richarlison? Like I, I say, it's like in my top five regrets of the season is getting rid of um, of, of Dina. But the first goal, the corner in, and this man now, I just want to mention him, knock on by Dominic Calvert-Lewin. He just looks like an absolute beast. I hear he's uh, he's getting tips from Duncan Ferguson in training. And he's like, do that little bum thing and put the little elbow up a bit higher. But like, he's, he's a changed man. Yeah, and he's always, I remember being shocked last season. He was like right up there for uh, headers one. Like he doesn't look like a big yeah. guy, but he obviously uh, is good in the air. And there's no better man to be giving you tips than big dunk. No, fucking definitely not. But if, if, if he's 5.5, 6 million next season, and he's proved himself to be, he's, he's the main striker at Everton now. And I think it works better with, with uh, Richarlison on the wing. And I think uh, Tosson's dropped onto the bench But just he's going to be one of the first names on my um, on my team sheet next season if he's in the price range that I suspect he will be. Yeah, fair fair enough point. And that's now, I think I've seen it's five clean sheets and six for Everton. And that includes games against Liverpool, Chelsea and Arsenal. It's just it's some un- turnaround. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Like they're good at the back. If you look at Dina's stats over the whole season, I think after... Uh, the XGI after Matt Doherty, he's number one, and his chances created are just in a different league to to anyone. Now Trent Alexander Arnold's are are up there if you consider games per played, but uh, TA has missed a few games, so two of them are miles ahead of everyone. And like he really is just a, a season keeper. If we had the the cop on to to see for Flida, well, I kept him, but I think he will be leaving in my wild card, and it's yeah. probably a nice uh, segue into talking about. Maybe well, not necessarily just wild cards, but game week thirty four and the likes. Like Arsenal were one of the premium teams that I think a lot of people, when they yeah. when the fixtures were announced for thirty four and people wildcarding and planning to bench boost in thirty five, like Arsenal were on everyone's lips. And now the fact that they have do they four away games in their last six, yeah. and they just and, like they concede so many goals away from home. Like I was like. Kalashnik was 5 million, circa 5 million was probably the first name on my team sheet. But like, I don't have a wild card, so I'm just like bringing in certain players. But like, geez, he was hauled off at half time and you'd be worried about him now. I still do think with the fixtures and I think uh, Lacazette is still a good option. People are, everybody's ruling him out, but he looks like the main striker and I still think that he could uh, turn out to be a good option for Arsenal. But like, geez, I'm very wary of Kalashnik now. Just Emery's just a madman, isn't he? He is a bit, yeah. So anyway, that wraps up our little breakdown and summary of all the games. When we come back, we will have a quick look ahead to Game Week 34. Yep, cool stuff. So let's have a a look ahead to game week 34, which is going to be a big one. A lot of people are wildcarding, uh, teams up to bench boosts in 35, uh, a lot of activity and a lot of decisions to make. Yeah. So you don't have a wild card. So what is your plan? Because I presume some people listening don't have a wild card and are probably sick of the likes of us only talking about what we're going to do with chips. What's your plan? Do you have much of a plan to get by uh, 
As I said, I'm not too bad. I have uh, two free transfers, so I don't know. I could use the two free transfer this week, or I might take a, a sneaky minus four if I think it's um, it's going to pay off. If I'm going to get a player with like two double game weeks this week, and then two double game weeks next week as well. So at the moment, um, I said of a lot of decent single game week players, but I'm not looking too bad. I was looking at Ryan for Spironi because I think uh, Brighton with the two nice nice home fixtures, I was like he might be a good one to have in. And I also wanted to get a second keeper for my bench boost for next game week. But yeah. then I seen then I seen James Tompkins hobbling off, so I'm thinking maybe I might do uh, Tompkins to Duffy. Tuffy has good statistics over the last six game weeks. Just at home, he has he's, he's a goal danger away from home. He's not really doing much at all. So I might go Duffy for Tompkins if I don't go Ryan. But I want to get a, a Brighton defensive asset anyway. And then I'm looking at Spurs with the home game against Huddersfield. So I really want uh, Kane to captain, even though he's only scored one goal in the last four. His underlying statistics are very strong and Huddersfield are very poor. And I think I might go someone like Ericsson for Hazard. So I may do my two free transfers and I may even take a minus four. So you have a plan and we're on the same page when it comes to Kane. A lot of people are on Twitter and they're saying he's just not worth the outlay and the returns aren't there to be spending whatever over 12 and a half million on him. But when I look at the fixtures, Tottenham are one of the teams I'm really keen to get players in from and like yourself I was looking at Kane's stats now he mightn't have got any actual well too many returns lately but his underlying stats are as good as ever like the last yeah the last game his xg was like 0.85 he had 12 penalty area touches seven shots on goal six in the box one big chance like that's as good as it gets really like and I know he was really keen to get his name on the score sheet in the new stadium and all that. And like even in the last four, his XG is 2.73, 31 penalty touches, 18 shots, 13 in the box, four big chances. Like, you know, the, the form is there and like he's going to convert those stats into returns. And like you said, there's no better team to do that against than Huddersfield. So I think he's definitely going to be a much better team. I could see him getting three or four goals against Huddersfield. And I think other than the City game, their fixtures are absolutely beautiful right through to the end of the season. And he's he's like he's going to be pushing for that golden boot as well, isn't he? Exactly, yeah. So like we have Huddersfield next, and then his double is City away, which isn't great, but he has Brighton at home, then West Ham at home, Bournemouth away, Everton at home. Tottenham, like we're looking to get players from teams who have something to play for. Tottenham aren't uh, nailed on for the Champions League places just yet. Um, I'd say they're going to be pushed all the way. Like those six teams or five or six teams going for those couple of spots are going to like really put it up to each other. Kane rarely gets a rest and I can't really see him being rested unless he can't be rested. Actually, I don't think. I think he's just going to play nearly every minute until the end of the season. Um, They've those two big games against City in the Champions League as well. But uh, Especially if City win that first leg comfortably like Kane is absolutely nail, isn't it? Push for that top four finish in the Premier League, which could easily happen if City win that two or three nail. Like there'll be no coming back for Spurs, and I think Kane, I think it's going to be nailed anyway. No matter what, Kane just has to play. It's like you said, they they need to get that Champions League spot. He'll be absolutely desperate to get a golden boot. And in the double game weeks, when we're afraid of rotation and being burnt by rotation, he's probably one of the safer picks, even though he is expensive. Yeah. So you are, like me, bench boosting in 35s? 
I'm bench pressing 35, but like you, I will not have near as many double game week players. But I, d- I don't know if it's going to be as big as a thing as I thought. Like, I, was, like, I thought it was an absolute disaster, but um, I don't know. A lot of single week players could get, could go okay. Yeah, now I was talking to you and I told you, I haven't put any great deal of thought into my wildcard just yet. I've activated it, but I'm off on my travels this week and I'm finding it hard to really care too much. But uh, on, is it? Heading off to Argentina for a few weeks, so... What? Yeah, I said you're living the dream. Yeah, some uh, some steak and some red wine and a little bit of sunshine. It's, the weather looks quite nice over there. And actually, before I go on, I just want to give a shout out to one of our four listeners, Amy. I'm going over for her wedding. She's getting married in Argentina. We uh, turned off by now because she only listens to the start, but... Just my character listening for an, a little bit extra. Yeah. One of our loyal listeners listens every week, so best of luck with all that. And I will see her over there. So when I say I haven't really been putting much thought into my wildcard team, like, I mean, I just haven't been spending every spare minute of the day. I still had, had a good look at a rough plan of what I'm going to do. So I'm going to go through the fixtures and the teams that have doubles and, like, tasty fixtures. And we'll maybe go through some of their options and... I know. What we think. Yeah, exactly. So, like I said, the first one that kind of stood out to me when I was looking was Arsenal. Because you're not only thinking about 35, like you're, you, you obviously are looking for teams that have a decent fixture before that. And if they have a few nice fixtures afterwards, it's great because you don't have to worry about transferring them out. So, yeah. Arsenal look okay. So, is there anyone there that you would bring in on a wild card? Yeah, well, as I said, Arsenal's fixtures look mo- the whole way through. As you see them doing the wild card, they just have quality fixtures to the end. But they're just not very reliable. To me, as I said, Kalasnic was number one. I thought Leno, these less than five million, was a good option as defence option. But they just can't keep clean sheets and so many of their games are away. So to me, the, the main option would be Lacazette. I still think he's a great option up front. And I think Arsenal are always going to get goals. And I think he's uh, more likely than anyone to play through the middle. And... Uh, I still think he's a great option in a wild card. Don't know what you think, Drew. No, I agree with that. And it's kind of, thing, things are a little bit up in the air with Lacazette and Aubameyang, just with the Europa League and Lacazette getting suspended. It's it's hard to know exactly where everyone stands. But I think Lacazette is for a choice at the minute, isn't he? I, th- I think so. And even if Aubameyang comes in, I think he's more likely to be playing either side of Lacazette. And I think uh, Lacazette looks like the number nine. He looks like the main striker playing through the middle. So to me, and you're say, are you saving one or two million? He has to be the best option. Yeah, the only reason I would think of not getting him in is just he takes up a striker spot, and there is actually stiff competition. I think for the three forward slots, yeah, there's um, so many options in there. There are, and I am probably nailing down one of them for Kane. Just I'm. I, not that he's going to be a differential, but like a lot of people seem put off by his his lack of returns and his price tag. I, I am hoping that he turns out to be somewhat of a a differential, actually. No, oh, he's nailed on for me. Another person I think is nailed on after even though his his devastating loss yesterday and his uh, Mexican mask fiasco, which I thought was really really cool as a big wrestling fan. But Raúl Jiménez, what an absolute worldy of a goal! It was a great goal and. It's it's another one of those things. I don't know. Like maybe we're just laid back, but I just don't understand why you'd ever get annoyed about that kind of thing. People are kind of saying it's disrespectful, yeah. and they're delighted that they lost after that. Like 
is one of his friends a wrestler and he sent him that mask or something or she or and, and he just found signs for 35 million and like he just seems like nice to find the world one man that wasn't happy was tried easy was he He's such a dickhead. I like Tridini, but like he's such a scumbag. Like he, he wasn't playing football. He'd be in prison, no doubt. Well, he was in prison, wasn't he? So back in prison, yeah, permanently. But yeah, anyway, I'll try and go through this a bit quicker because there are quite a few teams. But yeah, Arsenal. I probably am looking at Lacazette. Uh, Kalasnich is just cheap enough and offers the attacking threat that I might get him in, but. It feels somewhat lazy, and like you said, there is a risk. Um, yeah, and taking off when Emery changes shape, and uh, I think he trusts Monreal better as an actual out-and-out left back when they're not playing a wing-back system. Yeah, I just, I just want to mention Ramsey's an absolute great option. If Emery had a, a brain in his head, he's probably he's their best player, so he is. And he should be playing every game. But as you said before, the fact he's leaving at the end of the season, he probably is making a point. But he. He needs to be starting those games if they want to qualify. Yeah. It's hard to trust any of the midfield options. Like if you knew they were going to play, you could pick a Ramsey or a Mkhitaryan. Uh, I wouldn't be going anywhere near Ozil. But I, yeah. Uh, came on and, and changed the game yesterday as well. As, as He should be playing every game as well. As much as the Arsenal fans don't like him and Kirk doesn't like him. I think he's, anytime I see him play, I think he's direct. He's, he's energetic. I think he's what you want in your team. It's a damning indictment of Arsenal. A Wobie should be nailed on. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, look, if you are looking at a wild card, you could do a lot worse than maybe getting an Arsenal player, a few Arsenal players in, but make your own decision on who you want them to be because most of them do come with a risk. So I'll move on to Brighton and they're quite a... I don't know, I've got my eye on them because they have the double-double and the first double game week they have in 34 is lovely, like two home games. Um, they a beautiful 34 and a tougher 35 yeah they're out of the FA Cup now they're still def- not safe like they need a few points so Bournemouth at home Cardiff at home I definitely want at least a couple of Brighton people in for those I'll hold on to them for the 35 but I can't figure out three like I'm happy to have Ryan and a Duffy but like yeah. Arsenal their midfield options all come with a you know question marks yeah Knockhart's probably the best option Gross has been injured a lot lately, so we'll rule him out. But Knockhart looks like on the other nine six best option, but he's a bit of a you don't know what you're going to get with him, and it's like you don't know if he's nailed either. So just stick with Ryan and Duffy, and you'll be okay. I, I couldn't, you can't risk Murray either. He's probably going to be rested from those games, and the kid Caddy is going to be playing. So just stick with the defense, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I am thinking of Chance and Murray, and I know he's not going to play all of those games, and he might play. You know, a hundred plus minutes. You know, he yeah. might play a game and a and a third or something. But like Cardiff at home, even Bournemouth at home, like he could do some damage. But I was looking at his underlying stats, and they're just very tame. So not great. But um, he is Glenn Murray, and he's an absolute legend, and he's always likely to nick one at, at home. So like, I yeah, wouldn't. So, yeah. So look at a couple of Brighton players. Man City's a tricky one because their actual double is a. Uh, is really hard on paper. The the game before that in thirty four is Palace away, which is pretty tough. But then yeah. their their end of the season, their last three games are Burnley, Leicester, and Brighton. And like, if you wanted to get in a couple of guys and just keep them for the season, City aren't a bad team now. But again, it all comes down to rotation, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't know. It's like oh, I was looking at it. Like Aguero seems to be back in training again, but 
Jesus is doing well. Like, I just don't know. De Bruyne and Sterling be the two I'd be looking at. And he, he can't really afford to be resting the likes of Sterling against either Tottenham or United. So you think he, sh- he has to be nailed on for the 35s? Yeah. If I had a wild card, I'd have Sterling in my team. But I said, I, I think I'm going to go without C. Now, Annie, um, I've been stung. Just I never got in any city defensive cover for either of their doubles, and like Laporte has gone nuts. Any interest? Yeah, points over the two games. Yeah, I think Laporte is a good option, but I don't know. Have we missed out on the points now? I I, I just don't know. Like I said, I don't have my wild card. If I had my wild card, I'd probably have one city defense in it, defender in it. But uh, I'm going to take a risk for the last few games week of the season and go without. Yeah, like I'm not completely married to the idea of bringing in a City player but like the usual Sterling Aguero and like you said KDB probably got the most minutes out of anyone over the last doubles so maybe he is uh, coming back um, into what is he proper fitness and form under 10 million as well like if you're trying to fit him in, uh, City asset into your team he could be the one yeah so we move on to United and just like City I'm not overly kind of enamoured with any other options like like I said, I'm probably going to bring in a City player or two, but I'm kind of wavering away from them being absolutely essential. Like United have a lovely next fixture. West Ham at Old Trafford. West Ham have been terrible lately. Um, back. The double is tricky, isn't it? Everton away, Man City home. That's not great at all. I don't know. I was like, I said, I, I didn't want Pogba in my in my in my team, but I ended up putting him in. But the stats have just really fallen off the cliff. He's playing so much deeper, and I think there's a lot of interest from. Uh, Madrid, Zidane seems very keen. So, I don't know. I'd, I'd probably staying away from Pogba. I really like Rashford. He's still at a good price point. And if you've got him in early, I'd say maybe keep him in your team. But if Lukaku's going to be playing, he's going to be out wide now. And Lukaku's underlying statistics are um, are probably superior at the moment. But he's, he's too expensive, isn't he? Yeah, and he's just not clinical enough. He's getting into some great positions and getting some great chances. But he's some man to miss a sitter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. After that double Everton away, City home, they've Chelsea. Like So, I don't know. Nobody's jumping out. And we all got stung with United defenders in the last double. So, I don't think any of them are uh, on my shopping list. Ashley Young, Chris Mullen, Lindelof. was all a big disaster, wasn't it? It was. So, we move on. Southampton. And these are one of the more interesting teams for the double because... They're probably the best three five, aren't they? Yeah, and they've been playing quite well. And just from 34 until the last game of the season, their fixtures are actually nice. They play Wolves at home next. Uh, Wolves just played 120 minutes in the FA Cup. They're bound to be a little bit down after the way they lost that one. Uh, Yeah. They then play Newcastle away, Watford away. Watford have, I think it's a bit far away from the FA Cup to be too worried about it. But again, they have a distraction. Newcastle are pretty much safe. Then they play Bournemouth, West Ham, Huddersfield. So you could get in a couple of Southampton lads and just keep them till the end of the season. I think most definitely. I have Bednarek because he's already there, 3.9. But the one I'd be looking at is uh, Valerie, 4.1. He just looks so good going forward. And if he's anything within circuit 4.5 next season, I can see him being in my um, my starting team for next season. I think James Ward-Prowse is an absolute legend. I think he's probably like, he's one of the most classiest players in the Premier League. His dead ball ability is just second to none so I think he as I say he might definitely be my wild card but I was just looking I just want to mention if uh, Bournemouth with the double game like if you brought Camarasa in 4.5 and you kept 0.5 in the bank you could do a switcheroo Camarasa to James Ward-Prowse for 35 which could be a good move so 
that's probably why I'd be looking at it if I was on wildcard. That's a, I, I didn't think of that. That is a good move because uh, what do we have? We have Cardiff with their double in 34, Burnley and Brighton. It's not too bad on paper. Yeah. Yeah, that, I like that. So I do. I like the sound of that. And of course, one of the key things about Southampton is the price points. Like with, when you're using your bench boost, you need to know to have 15 players who are going to play. And to do that, you need some sort of, uh, you know, you need to keep your budget in mind and you knew if you need a few cheapies in and Southampton can provide them. Like there's the likes of Hoiberg even wouldn't be a bad lad to have on your bench. He was deadly again. He was like I said, the, the goal the week before last and the lovely knock on like he's a quality player. As I said, they were talking about him. He was at uh, Bayern Munich with Pep, like, and they reckoned he was going to be like the next big thing, and things just didn't work out with him. But like, as you say, you've heard him talk before, and he looks—he's a sensible player. Like, and there's a lot of hasn't uh, who really likes intelligent players, and like James Ward Prowse, James Ward Prowse, and Hybrid, who just really seem to understand the system, and they seem to be able to adapt to what Hybrid's trying to do it there. Yeah, and he seems to care, like you said, like any of the interviews, he does seem kind of fired up, and you know, he wants to to keep the Saints safe. So, yeah, he's one to keep an eye on. Uh, moving on now to Spurs and out of the, I suppose, the bigger teams, uh, they're who I'm going to be looking at because, like, our, we've discussed Arsenal, but I think some of Tottenham's options are a lot safer and offer more, uh, you know, definite points and kind of definite starts and minutes. And what could even be differentials. Yeah, there's a few people I'm looking at as far as obviously on my wild card. If I was, I think Larissa would definitely be one. He's nailed on all the abuse he's getting, but he's still a quality keeper, makes the odd mistake. I think Kieran Trippier with his step pieces and with Serge Oyer still out, I think it's a good option. But what I'm really looking for is, is intact. As I said, I think Kane would be nailed on me and my wild card. And someone else I'm looking at, I was looking at uh, Son, but I just don't know how nailed he is. And I was looking at the overlying statistics for the whole season. You know who's overachieved more than any other player in the league all season? I'm going to take a stab. Lucas. <laughs> no. Hung Son. He's had plus 5.6 goals overachieved by, which is like, a lot of that has to do with how good Son is and how much of effort he puts in. But I don't know. That's a lot. Like He's even ahead of Hazard, who's usually top of that statistic. And uh, I don't know. To me, I'd rather have someone like Christian Eriksen in there. He's had one goal and two assists his last two last four game weeks but he, I think he's had a 2.68 or around there XGI and he just looks more involved at the moment and I think he'd be more nailed and he's who I'd be looking at ahead of Min Son with the Kane double up for Spurs Cool I agree with that uh, like we said they've Huddersfield next and the only real rocky road is City as part of their double but then till the end of the season Brighton, West Ham Bournemouth, Everton They've something to play for and they've some good options. So yeah, I'll be loading up my wild card with, I'd say, at least two Spurs players. Yeah, I think that could work out. That Sunstat is crazy, but I suppose he doesn't really score easy chances, does he? No, he's an absolute legend and he's quality, but it's just something to look at. And I think yeah. he's the Ironman underline stats man and I'll be going with Ericsson. Cool. Uh, Deli Ali, he's kind of been pretty quiet since he came back from injury. He hasn't really uh, set the world alight and... I like the idea of him, but he hasn't really given me enough to justify no. bringing him in, does he? It's just where he could play as well. Like He could be very involved from an attacking perspective and he could be a good option. But again, the underlying statistics just aren't there at the moment and the game time is just... Um, I don't know, he, just, he wouldn't be for me, but I wouldn't put anyone off either. Very good. Now, we've only a couple more teams with double game weeks and then I've actually a couple of teams with single game weeks that I think actually look good and you could carry a few through. But we go with yeah. Watford. Um, 
like I said, they have the FA Cup final coming up, but it's not till the end of the season and they can't really be like rotating or resting people just yet. So they play Arsenal at home next. And that's probably not a terrible game. Like on paper, you might think it's tricky, but we've said Arsenal's away record's terrible. Wofford could be buzzing. Now, the only thing is they played 120 minutes. But uh, after that, their double is lovely. Like it's Huddersfield away, Southampton at home. It's one of the best. So is Foster a good option from a defensive perspective? I think so. And like Gomez is going to play the FA Cup final. So I presume Foster's going to play the rest of the season. Yeah, I just want to say a game with 38. I think it's at Vicarage Road. And I, people haven't mentioned it, but just, I don't know. Gomez's career is after having there. I think they'll have to, even if, especially if they lose the FA Cup final, they might have to give them that last game as well, will they? Just something to look out for. But it won't affect the double game weeks or the, you'll still have time to transfer him out. Is that game not before the FA Cup final? Oh, is it? Oh, I, I think it actually. Yeah, watch it. It actually could be, and it could, the ethical final could be the following week. That's a really good point. And if well, they not want to give him a game at Vicarage Road, though. I don't know. Like as uh, Ben Foster came out and said today, if I'm asked to play the FA Cup final, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it down and say like that. Uh, Gomez has never let us down, and I'm not gonna play that game. So like that shows what kind of guy he is and how what kind of team spirit they have there. Seen that, yeah, stand up guy. Uh, yeah, Garcia's done a great job there, and. Like uh, Leicester, they have a nice little squad there. Like it's kind of nearly too nice. A few lads seem like they might be looking yeah. to move away. The likes of Decore and uh, what's the other guy? Pereira sounds like he's going to go back to Italy next season, maybe. Yeah, Pereira walks onto the Argentine team. Decore is an absolute quality player. And what what did you think about that Feos for the first goal in the FA Cup? It was lovely, wasn't it? Oh, I fucking love it. It was gorgeous. I'm really cynical, so my first uh, instinct is always like cross, cross. But I did watch. Watch that ten times. That was not a cross. He's just he has that bit of Barca flair about him. Even if he's injured, though. What's the, what's the story with yeah. the injury? Yeah, I don't know. I heard that he had to. It doesn't look too promising. So it's one to look at. But uh, Jesse has to play. Even if Dini wants to play with Andrew Gray up front, surely Del Feo has to be in the midfield there somewhere. Play him on the wing like he did he played for Everton that season. He's too good. Anyway, we'll go through their fixtures. Like I said, they've Arsenal at home. They've that lovely double Huddersfield Southampton. Then they play Wolves. They play Chelsea and West Ham, so they're another team. You could get a couple of their lads in and keep them till the end of the season. Uh, I'd probably be looking at Delefeu if he's if that injury isn't too serious. Uh, maybe Troy Deeney even. He loves to talk about bullying Arsenal, so could come yeah, in and do the business against them. Deeney's a good option, and his underlying statistics and his returns have been good at late, so I couldn't put you off him. And like you said, Ben Foster, good option in the the goalie yeah. position. Um, kind of gone off the likes of Holabas. None of their other defenders really stand out. Is there anyone I'm kind of missing that is cheap and could be a bench boost option? No, as I said, I don't know if you mentioned, we vaguely mentioned, uh, Decore seems to be playing a lot further forward the last two games and I think he definitely is an option. He's, so, he's very involved and he's a lot more attacking. So he could be a good differential. Cool. And... The final team with the double game week is Wolves and their fixtures till the end of the season are nice. We know all about their assets. Like we've owned twos and threes of them all season and the fact they're out of the FA Cup kind of makes them even more um, enticing, really. Yeah, I think Jimenez and Doherty, I think, especially if you're carrying value, I think they're nailed on. I think Jimenez is a captain option for for the, the 35 double game week. I don't know what you think, but I haven't had him for a lot of the season after having him early on and Chase, he's nailed on for my team. I don't have a wild card and I'd be doing everything I can to get him into that team. 
I agree with you. Like I'm probably gonna I have him, so I'm definitely gonna carry him. I got rid of Doherty, but I'm gonna bring Doherty back in. And like if all goes to plan, Brighton play Bournemouth and Cardiff. If they get like four, six points there and are safe, they could be on their holidays by the time they play Wolves in thirty five. So Wolves yeah. would be playing Brighton at home and Arsenal at home. And like you said, him and his isn't a bad shout at all for the captaincy. No, and for a team that's just got promoted, people forget because Wolves are that good, but like to come top six or top come top seven in the Premiership is absolutely massive and have the chance of that Europa League spot. Like that's so big for a team that were in the Championship last season. It's a good point because they they frustrate the hell out of me because I've owned three other players most of the season and you see them getting points and putting in these great performances against the bigger teams and losing to Huddersfield and Cardiff. But I do forget they are just promoted. Yeah, it's amazing performance. They're like your underlying statistics are so good from a defensive perspective, but they just absolutely killed us all season. Just conceding one goal with a zero point two xgi, they just managed to concede one big chance every game. Like after being so solid, and it's just sickening. But we really have to. If you weren't, if you're looking from a non-FPL perspective, they've just been beyond amazing. I think it's, it's a story of the year. Yeah, but I suppose they're going to be so sick about the way they lost that semi-final. Like they won't have a better chance than that to get into the final. So. Hopefully they bounce back okay. Ah, they'll be just fine. So they will. They'll be pushing again next season. I think they'll be pushing for top six next season. I love us. And they have the money, don't they? So they can reinforce and uh, strengthen that squad, which is already pretty good as it is. Right. So I want to just quickly go through two teams that don't have doubles, who I think have good options. And you might have thought about this more than me because you don't have your wild card. So Leicester and Liverpool. Are you... Keeping any Liverpool players through the rest of the season? I'm tripling up on Liverpool, keeping Allison, Trent Alexander, Arnold, and Salah. I'm very happy with Salah. I think it's going to be a good differential. I think that after getting that goal, his underlying statistics are still there, and now his confidence is going to be there to match. I don't know about Allison. I'd rather have a Robertson or a Mane, but hopefully, if, if Trent Alexander Arnold keeps the spot, he's going to be a, a great option, although uh, Milner does worry me a bit, especially after that game against the came on and changed the game but I'm all over I actually I'm happy to keep Madison and Vardy to the end of the season I think they've two tough games at the end but they've West Ham after this new great Newcastle game they've West Ham and Arsenal and I've no fear in them two fixtures at all I'll be getting rid of I was getting rid of Pereira for Kolasinic so I don't know I'll probably get rid of Pereira but I'm happy to keep them from an attacking perspective I think they're they're quality It was some ball actually for Vardy's first goal the other day from Pereira it was a great cross Cross and he had a great game. And as I said, only for uh, say, say, Shanku, that a Turkish international playing instead of uh, instead of Harry Maguire, it would have been a monster haul. So he's still there for me. His, his XGI over the last six is still in the top three or four amongst defenders. So I'm happy to keep him in my team. Very Hopefully. good. Uh, I'm 100% keeping Robertson in my team till the end of the season. Uh, at this stage, I, I'm not too hung up on value, but I have a bit of value in him. But he's just a just been such a great servant to my team. And like they play after this Chelsea game, they play Cardiff, Huddersfield and Newcastle. And I'd just be worried about not having a couple of Liverpool players on my team. At the minute, I still have Salah. Uh, I'm lucky that I could downgrade him to Mane if I need options, if I need a bit of money for my wildcard. But Salah could be a differential for that. Yeah, I'd still push you. I'd probably the opposite. I'd still push you towards Salah. Looking at the underlying statistics like he's, had so many more shots in the box. His XG is so much higher than everyone. And uh, Mane's finishing is absolutely brilliant, but 
stats consistently over a longer period still don't match up. I think like, I don't know, he just looked that bit more confident in Salah, but I think that could change now. And I, I'd, uh, if you can afford that, if you have a bit of uh, money built up, I'd stick with Salah. Yeah, and I, I, like I've, I have a rough draft, and I think I have Kane, I have Sterling, and I have Sally on my team, and I'm quite happy with it. So, nice. I end up staying like, and like Cardiff away from home, like Liverpool could completely outscore some teams with doubles. Like sometimes you just get caught up with the doubles, and they, they, you know, they just take over your thinking, and you think I have to only have doubles, but. Liverpool could be dangerous there if you go completely without, especially with the fixtures now. Like I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not near as afraid as I was. I was like, oh, going out with my wild card, I'm absolutely fecked. But like, I don't know. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather have it. But there's there's worse triple ups you could have than Liverpool and their single game weeks. Sounds good. Sure, we'll leave it there. And when we come back, we'll have a look at our a few of our weekly segments, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Great stuff, Drew. So we've had a good overview there of game week 34 and 35 and beyond. But uh, let's bring it back to our own teams. Who are you going to be captaining in your actual squad? And then talk to me a bit about who you're going to captain in our Renegade captains poll. Right. Well, I go on about our actual captains first and who I think are the options. Real captain first. Yes. Yeah. Right. So uh, I'll go with the, I have three. I'm down to two single game weekers and one double game weaker. So I'm starting with Kane. He's my number one. Last four game weeks, 2.08 XGI, 25 penalty area touches, which is second. He's had 17 attempts, 12 in the box, three big chances. Huddersfield at home, they're just an absolute disaster now, aren't they? So I think he's a great option. The other one I was looking at, uh, Vardy. I think he's an absolutely amazing differential. Not many people are going to have him in their wildcard squad. He's Newcastle at home. He's five goals, two assists the last four game weeks. He's had a 3.68 XGI. He's had 23 penalty area touches, 15 attempts, 12 in the box, six big chances, seven on, on target. I just think he's an absolutely amazing option. And if you want to go down the double game week route, I'm looking at uh, Duffy. His actual stats over the last four game weeks, I was looking, I was a bit disappointed. So then I changed the filter to last six home games because I know Brighton are so much better at home. I was looking, Seppi's threat among defenders, he's first. He's had uh, 10 attempts, which is uh, first or second among defenders. He's had 10 in the box, which is most definitely first. He has a potential of clean sheets with two great fixtures against Bournemouth Cardiff, and he has uh, he likes the L bonus point as well. So uh, I think I need really great options. For me, it'll be probably Kane, I think. But uh, three great options there. What Very do you good. think, I'm, Captain? I'm nearly certain that I'm going to go Kane. Um, the only other option for me is from the Brighton team. Nobody really stands out other than Duffy. And am I really going to captain Duffy? I just don't know. Um, no. United have a great fixture, like home to West Ham, but I just don't think I'm going to have any of their players. I don't trust them. And like, you talked about it earlier. What could do, what could Kane do against Huddersfield? They're just so bad. Yeah. Um, I think he's, he's not at the minute, but I'm 90% sure he'll be in my wildcard squad. And if he is, he'll be my captain. He's guaranteed a return, isn't he? I think so, anyway. So he's going to be my captain, my Renegades captain. And just for anyone that doesn't know, it's just where we pick a differential captain. It's a competition between the three of us. 
and you're just looking for someone outside the box who might score big but not be widely captained. And Willie, I'm going to take you back to the very start of our Renegades page. One of the first posts you ever put up was when you were tipping up uh, Victor Camarasa. Who? And, uh, Victor Camarasa. This is going to be funny. So it is. We For obviously Cam- didn't discuss this before our Renegade captain. No, I'm not going to read it out. I just mean I'm going to... I'm, it's a throwback captain. I'm going back to one of our first ever posts. It did well, and it turned out to be... It was a good call. Like You were tipping him up. He was four and a half million, and he's been involved in nearly everything good that Cardiff have done this season, even though they're going to yeah. get relegated. So And they have a double. So for my Renegades captain, I'm going for Camarasa, who will be playing Burnley and Brown. <laughs> this is going to be fun. I was like, for my Renegade captain, I'm going for Victor Camarasa. 4.5 <laughs> million... 2.73 XGI last four game weeks, which is third among all midfielders. Seven attempts, five in the box, three big chances. He's not playing on the wing now. He's playing at a number 10, so he's even more dangerous than usual. He's an absolutely quality player who could be playing for a far better team. They're fighting for their life. This is last chance to loom these two games for Cardiff. So looks like we have the same renegade captain. It's like, what's this? This is telling everyone, have Victor Camarasa in your um, wildcard team. And I'm probably going to have to pick someone else coming for the in the next couple of days because uh, we're on the same man. I may go Ashley Barnes, Cardiff at home. He could be my uh, my go-to man. But uh, I'll let you have Camarasa. But really, Jesus, he's a super option, isn't he? And to be I'm not going to lie, like I, I didn't have a pick and I just have, I have my spreadsheet here <laughs> with the fixtures and like I picked them in the last 30 seconds. Yeah. So we'll do something, we'll, we'll do a coin flip or we'll do something to see who gets them. I yeah. feel like I don't deserve them. Oh, you I, did a bit of research. Have, I'm happy to take Ashley Barnes. He's an absolute legend. He has Cardiff at home. He's always liable to, to score a goal and his underlying statistics, although not as good as they were, they're still better than most uh, really cheap strikers. So I'll, I'll take Ashley Barnes. Cool, and Kirks is going to go for Danny Ings at home to Wolves, no back, doubt. Back from injury, ready to smash one in. <laughs> 120 minutes for Wolves, tired legs. Danny Ings is just going to destroy them, yeah. according to Kirks, I'd say. That's it. Um, just a quick word on our Renegade squad. We're probably not going to do that, I don't think, for the next few weeks, because like I said, I'm away and I'm not going to be on WhatsApp picking a team and you two boys are useless. I can't see you picking I, one I, between I, us. Well, I'm like, I'm from the, I don't, I'm not the best with the old social media, am I? No, we probably should keep you away from the social media. <laughs> so, uh, a quick one. It looks like we, well, we have won this week's match. Um, we picked the right captain. We picked Vardy and it just goes a long way. So we're going to win this week. I think I'm going to be back for game weeks 37 and 38. So we'll make sure to play someone in those two weeks just to give someone a chance to win. Otherwise, uh, I think it's FPL Green Arrow is just going to win by default. And we have missed a few weeks. Yeah. So it would be good if he gets a bit of competition. Yeah, we want to order that mug now soon. That'll have to be sent out to him now soon. Or whoever. Yeah, we'll need to sort that. I forgot, I forgot about all that. Yeah. We, uh, we had to buy some uh, volunteers at the start. Yeah. It's coming back to haunt us now that we actually have to fork out and dip into the Renegade's petty cash <laughs> and uh, get the prizes. So anyway... We're going to be taking a little break. I'm off on the holidays, but I'd say we'll probably be back for, we'll do one in 37, 38. And I'd like to do some sort of post-season, post-mortem review and just see how we did and where we went wrong and yeah. get ready for next. 
Yeah, I'm so looking forward to that. It's actually that's something will be one of the highlight of the season is the the end of season report, maybe as we will call it. Yeah, and like I can actually track my decline to when we started this. I think I've just been exposed too much to your opinions, yeah. and I've just gone into free. <laughs> don't don't so, listen, uh, Andrew. <laughs> m- m- most of my review is going to revolve around me, uh, Slate and you. But anyway, yeah. Uh, leave it there. So we will. So that is a wrap episode 18 i think it is now in the bag if you did enjoy it please do check out our twitter page share our pod uh tell your friends just uh help us get a few more listeners and bring it to a bigger audience um what's the twitter page it's fpl renegades podcast at renegades fpl and look best of luck to everyone for we're in the the close season now this is the business end and there's still plenty of points to play for, so hopefully we can uh, finish as high as we can, will you? That's it. Like, uh, as I said, I'd be delighted with me top 50k now at this stage. And I was a bit snobby at the start of the season and laughed and stuff, but I, I would take I would take 10k. But, you know, I've developed a bit of humility. Huh. So anyway, best of luck, everyone, and good luck, and good luck.